It's time for the Faith Connection Show with your host, Dr. David Miller, equipping people to connect with their purpose. In the next half hour, you will be inspired with words of encouragement and you'll be motivated by experts in the respective field who have been where you're trying to go on the Faith Connection Show. But first, here's an inspirational word. This is Bawana Miller Cannon with your word of the day. The world has commercialized the Christmas holiday to the extent that many have forgotten its true meaning and purpose. Jesus is not their focus and certainly not the center of their attention. For many, this day is of eating, drinking, and receiving gifts. Let me ask you this. Who laid the foundations of the earth and determined its dimensions? Who commanded the morning to appear and caused the dawn to rise in the east? Who hung the moon and placed the stars high in the sky? May I enlighten you? Christmas without Christ is simply a mess. My brothers and sisters, I surmise nobody but Jesus. He is the reason for every season. Who was the one when I didn't know my name before I was born love just the same who was the
Thank you for listening to the Faith Connection Show. And here's Dr. Miller with his special guest. This is Dr. David Miller with the Faith Connection Radio Show. And we have with us in the studio today, Yolanda Powell Medley. Yes. And uh, she is a producer, director, and writer. And we're looking forward to a great interview with her today. She has a show called Big Boys Do Cry. That's going to be debuting in Charlotte on December 27th through the 28th at the Duke Energy Theater. Yes. And we're going to talk to her a little bit today about the show and how she uh, got to this point. And we also have some of the cast members in the studio with us today. We have uh, Mr. Atkins, who is the man that cries in the show, <laughs> on the show, and uh, we also have Mrs. Butler with us, and we're just excited about you guys being with us today Thank in the studio. Thank you for having us. Well, let's begin, Yolanda, here. We want to talk a little bit about Big Boys Do Cry. How did you come up with that? I right came now? up with the name because, you know, having a, first of all, my, uh, my dad and a husband and uncles and uh, male associates. Um, a lot of times women are more emotional. You know, we speak our mind a little bit more. Mm. Um, we're more vocal. And while men, some men, I will say, they um, don't really express their feelings a lot. They may have the same issues that women have, but they just deal with it in a different way. So I remember one time asking my husband, do you ever cry? You know, because we going through stuff and you just walking around like it's okay. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and he says to me, yes, I, I do cry. You know, I cry because he um, was a truck driver. So he was like, I cry in my truck sometime. I cry out to God in my own time. And I'm like, well, right. you know, you can cry in front of me sometimes. So that's how kind of how it started, mm-hmm. you know, and just hearing different stories from other guys that I know and how they just deal with things. They work a lot to take off some stress. They Sometimes they turn to something else that's not good, you know, maybe alcohol or something, but they're suppressing the feelings that they have. And that's why I wanted to say big boys do cry, but it's really crying internally, you know, and holding on to a lot of stuff. This is not your first project, though, right? No, no, it's not. What was your, was the other project? That you- the most popular one right now is called Stuck. That was debuted about 10 years ago in Connecticut, and it's had a good run for the last 10 years. So I'm actually looking to turn that one into a movie in the next year and a half. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. What's the real meaning behind the stage play? I mean, because I know the title is great. I mean, you know, big boys do cry. I don't know any of them that I can put my hand on that, mm-hmm. that cries. But at least tell me, what is the real meaning? Is it that you want to show that there are emotions that men go through? Or you, what, what's your real meaning behind that? Well, there's a couple. The first one is to, first of all, we want to inspire our men, especially black men. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times, you know, we don't know as women what you all go through whether you're married or not married. And and so what I wanted to do is, I want to make it very clear, it's not male bashing at all. That wasn't my intent. My intent is to really empower and inspire and to love on our men out there that are trying to do the right thing and to open up the door. Say if you know I'm a wife and I may not understand everything my husband's going through or a daughter or my son, um, as a woman, when you come see it, it may enlighten you, you know, to okay. say, okay, well, maybe... This is why. Maybe I need to prompt this conversation. So there's a couple of different reasons, you know, that inspire me to write the play. Okay. Because that's important, you know, to have some 
idea of what your feelings because you're the producer, director, mm -hmm. and writer. You know, I figured our listening audience would want to have some idea, some clue, because this title is kind of uh, provocative in a way. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, let me ask you another question. How many members in the cast? We have six main characters, and then we have one or two that's like cameo appearances. So there's six main characters. Do you perform in the play? You know what? Acting is my first love, but because I produce it and write it, I try to not to put myself in a project unless I really have to like step in and do oh. a role. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> All right. So now we have two of the cast members in the studio with us today, and one of those is Mr. Atkins here. He is the one that does the crying in the show, I think. Is that not correct? Oh, yes, it is. So basically the role that I play in the production is I play the character of Demetrius, and it's basically a man that's struggling because he's working overtime. He's working his hardest, but it's still just not enough, and he's trying to provide for the family that he's about to have because he was recently married, he has a child on the way, but he's still going through some things that he faced in his childhood. So in other words, there's a family mix with this thing where he is suffering with some previous things, issues that he's had to deal with growing up. And now he finds himself faced with the same issues. Is that kind of what uh, we're talking about in this? Um, so, yes, in a way. It's like he was going through some things with his mother at a young age that caused him to hold on to so much for so long. And now there's something going on with his mother. And he's just trying to find out, well, should I go and speak to her because of all the things that we went through and all of the drama and hardships that I faced because of her? Or should I just keep to myself and try to provide for my family? Okay. Yeah, so I get it now that he must have been raised by a single parent. Um, so at first it was a single parent household. Mm -hmm. But then someone else came, well, then the stepfather came along. Okay. And he basically forced himself into the family and forced me out of the family. Oh, okay. Great. Okay, is this your first uh, project? Um, actually, I was in the production of Stuck. Oh, okay. All right, so this isn't your first time out. Oh, uh, no, it's not my first rodeo. Okay, I got you, I got you. Okay, and we also have Mrs. Butler with us today, who is um, uh, also in the cast. And uh, what role, uh, Mrs. Butler, are you performing in the cast? I'm Tanya, and I play Tracy. I play Takisa's mother and Takisa's Demetrius. Mm -hmm. Now, you're playing his mother two times in the real role because you're actually his mother. Yes, And sir. then you play his mother here. Now, how does that work? I mean, what is the drama that, that's created with that? Well, actually, um, we can relate to a few things on stage and off stage okay. as well. Are you a single parent? I am. Oh, okay. Well, it looks like you've done pretty well. well you've raised a, you. quite a nice young man here. All right, now tell me just a little bit more about your role and then we're going to go back to uh, Yolanda and talk to her a little bit more about the play in depth. Okay. So basically my role is, well, as a, I want to say as, at a young age for a young mother, single mother that is, I struggled a lot because I was sleeping from pillar to post mm -hmm. and had my child dragging around in the streets and stuff. And, you know, this man came along. So I found an opportunity to have the things that I thought my heart desired or I wanted. So I chose a man and his luxury lifestyle that he had over my child. Oh, okay. Okay, so that's your role in, in, the, in the play, and uh, it pours out that you 
uh, had to make a choice, and it wasn't yes. the very best choice. So That's I understand. Correct. Okay, now it's getting clearer to me about this uh, big boys do cry. Okay, now let me ask you something else. You also are you run a nonprofit as well. Is that correct? I do, and it's called the Hope Connection. That's helping our people every day. Okay. And we um, help the homeless families and homeless kids, and we also provide for teenage pregnancies, and we do as well with people coming out of prison. We try to give them resources as well. We're going to take a quick break here, and we'll be right back. I was a 13-year-old boy when my mother told me to leave the house. Here's $2. Go take the bus to your grandmother's house. I had to leave, and she didn't care that it was getting dark outside. She did that because her husband, my so-called stepfather, disliked me with a passion. Jasanda Production presents the groundbreaking and power-packed stage play, Big Boys Do Cry. Healing is hard, but staying wounded is even harder. My mom just let me go and never really tried to have me come back to that house that was full of pure hell. Now that I'm all grown up, I find that big boys do cry. Big boys do cry. Three shows December 27th and 28th at the Duke Energy Theater inside the Spirit Square. For tickets, go to jasandraproductions.com. $20 in advance, $25 at the door. Praise listeners, this is Brian Moore, one of your hosts of the Be More Faithful radio show. And I'm Sarah Moore. Please come join us every Sunday on Praise 100.9 at 10 p.m. The Be More Faithful radio show is a half hour of inspiration, information, and entertainment. The Be More Faithful radio show is brought to you by our company, Be More Faithful Marketing. If you want to know more about Be More Faithful Marketing, go to www.bmfradioshow.com. The Be More Faithful Faithful Radio Show's content covers a topic of discussion, the song of inspiration, a sermonette, and our artist showcase, which you can listen to on a podcast on our website on bmfradioshow.com. Praise listeners, put us on your schedule and join us every Sunday night at 10 p.m. for the Be More Faithful Radio Show. And also, if you're interested in the services of Be More Faithful Marketing, give us a call at 704-497-4678 or email us at info at bmfradioshow.com. Thank you for listening to the Faith Connection Show. And here's Dr. Miller with his special guest. All right, we're going to get back here to Yolanda. We've heard from the cast, and now we want to see if we can dig a little deeper into the play. Now, tell me, you know, after meeting some of the cast members and hearing how they see this play, uh, what would you want the audience to take away from the play? That's important because I think... Every play, the writer sort of digs into their soul and comes up with, with a project that they think is going to leave a lasting impact on people. And what do you want people to leave that theater saying to themselves? I want them to leave, especially, of course, the men. And that's a, like a threefold answer to me because um, I want to reach the young guys that feel like they're lost and feel like the streets are the only way they have to go. And if I can get, you know, a mother or aunt or a grandmother to be able to bring that generation in, I want them to leave knowing that there is hope for you. You have a gift, you have talents. 
there's a future for you and I don't want them to I want them to be inspired to find that gift and live it out and and also if there's a, a, a man that's going through something what Tykees is going through I'm sorry Demetrius in the play that's going through you know trying to raise a family trying to do the right thing and you know it's hard it's, you got a lot of pressure on your shoulders I want you to be encouraged and inspired to know that you know get involved with a support system there's men's group around here we've been connecting with other men's groups in Charlotte you know trying to connect and give resources to other men and also for the older guy that's been holding on and being bitter you know and and just because I know some bitter older men <laughs> you know what I mean and it's like we need them we we need you to let go of that because the younger men need you they need the wisdom they need the knowledge that you have and whatever you've been through let go of the bitterness and reach down and help another man to not become you know pretty much stuck <laughs> okay. um crying internally now I noticed that in the play uh, Tanya plays the mother who is a single mother mm -hmm. and she's been pretty much through a very rough time in her life and in that uh, Demetrius who is her son in the play has gone through these challenges so all of a sudden now we see both sides of the story mm -hmm. you've got the single mother who we see every day trying to raise a male child by herself and then you see the mistakes she's made and then all of a sudden she starts to take care of herself rather than worrying so much about everybody yes. else and that's a great uh, storyline and I think there are a lot of people who are going to take a lot of good stuff away from it. Now, I noticed that the stage play centers around men, and you mentioned stereotypes of African-American men. What stereotypes are you trying to break with this play? I'm trying to break stereotypes of, I'm going to try to say this the right way, because there are some women that call men dogs and, you know, put them down. And I'm not saying that all men, you know, they don't do right, but there's some, you have to find out the reason you know, why they're acting the way they're acting or react the way they react. And I want to be able to start a conversation, you know, between even a son and a father or a mother and a son. Is this why you, you know, why you, because did you go through anything? Because we touch on different issues in the play as well. So, you know, like maybe what, three or four different issues. The, and during rehearsals, I have to say that we've had stopped you know, when some of our cast members have started shedding tears because they went through some of the things. So, yeah, I want to be able to just touch that situation that you've been suppressing. And I want to be able to inspire them to let it go and deal with it. And I think then the main lesson to be learned from this play is that life is real. And yes. we have to live it as it comes. And at the end of the day, we have to try to be better people. Amen. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, you know what? I think that you've got a winner here. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank I, you. I didn't. I haven't talked to you about uh, stuff, but you're talking about turning that into a movie. Tell me what makes that one so much greater than this play that makes you think it's going to become a good movie? Well, I will say because Stuck has been like the groundbreaking production for Justonda Productions, we've gotten so much. We've gotten so much feedback. You know, people really wanting to go back to school and wanting to touch. I mean, wanting to get in touch with family members that they haven't talked to. They they don't want to be bitter. They don't want to be angry. And that one actually centers around a, a, a woman, a single woman raising two daughters that is divorced. Um, okay. And she's taking care of her older father who's an alcoholic. So stuck. That's just my baby. I love it. I think that it will be great as a movie. A lot of people that have seen it. Um, from the East Coast, the DVDs, they're just waiting for the movie. They're like 
we want to see this movie. So I just believe I can do a lot more with it with the movie. Now, you know, I noticed that each of the plays have something similar, and that is what the main thing is is the character, uh, the single mother, mm-hmm. the single mother. Were you raised by a single mother? Pretty much, my dad was around. I don't okay. want to, you know, he wasn't, you know, he was around. But yes, it was me and my mom in the home. Okay, okay. but yeah, she was an excellent mom, though. Yeah, I yeah. picked that up, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And the play, we've given the dates for the play, but I'm gonna have you give them again for our listening audience so that they will remember those dates. And we'll talk a little bit about the tickets. Okay. You know where where do they get tickets at? Okay. Yes. Yeah, so the date is December 27th and 28th actually the weekend after Christmas, so we only have like 10 days. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to have a show um, Friday night at 7 o'clock and then two on Saturday, 2 p.m. and 7 p.m. Um, they can actually go to my website, jasondaproductions.com, for ticket information and also to view trailers and rehearsal clips. Um, but if I can, just give a quick shout-out to my cast. Like, they work so hard. And um, Tamika McRae is from Whiteville. She travels two and a half hours okay. to rehearsal every week. We have Musette Lavelle. Um, from Rock Hill, Raheem Ball, and Anthony Pompey, and Irene Green. They're all a part of this production, Xavier Metley, and Tymir. We have we recruited her younger son to play younger Demetrius for as oh, a cameo okay. appearance. Okay. So we we brought him in a couple weeks ago. But yes, all right. we're excited. Now, you know, before we leave, you have got to talk to me just a second about the name of your production company. How in the world, did, how'd you come up with that name? It's funny. It's Jacinda, right? Yes, Jacinda. Okay. So years ago, my company was called JC Productions. Okay. Jesus Christ. Okay. okay. So then as, you know, internet started growing and stuff like that. And so I'm trying to get a website and all this other stuff. And JC's like taken by everything. So I was like, I wanted something unique. So I'm sitting down one day at work and I'm writing down names and stuff. And I came up with that name. And Jacinda, I was like, hmm, Jacinda, does that sound right? So, but it really means... Jesus and Yolanda. So it's Jasonda, J-E-S, and then mm-hmm. O-N-D-A. So I had called up my mom and a, and somebody else I knew at the time. I was like, you like this name, Jasonda? They was like, where'd that come from? Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> they was like, huh? And then when I told them the meeting, they was like, oh my God, I love that. So ever since then, I've been naming my company Jasonda. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I just wanted to get some idea about that you know if you if you want to know you gotta act exactly exactly well you know it's been so great having you on the show today and uh, i wish you much success thank you so much play and i hope i'm able to get there to see uh the play is this the first one you produced in charlotte Uh, no stuck stuck was the first one we did we we debuted about two and a half years ago okay um yes well, great. Well, it's been good having you on the Faith Connection Show. Thank and we look you. forward to having you back after the production is done because we want to know exactly how you touch people and how the show went over. Absolutely. So you won't mind if we call you back again, right? Oh, I don't mind. Okay. Call me, call me, call me. Okay. <laughs> and it's also been great having members of the cast here and to have a mother and son both working on the same production piece. And that's great. Okay. All right. You guys break a leg. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> this holiday season, from our family to yours, we wish you season's greetings and God's great joy. Family.
For listening to the Faith Connection Show with your host, Dr. David Miller, equipping people to connect with their purpose. Here's an inspirational word from Dr. David Miller. This is Dr. David Miller, the host of the Faith Connection Show. It's been great having you with us this weekend, and we're looking forward to more great shows as we move close to the beginning of the new year. We're getting ready to embark on the Christmas season, and that's a season when we think about others rather than thinking about ourselves. It's an opportunity for you to show Christ and show Christ in a great way. Remember, a life that is worth living is a life that lives through Christ. Thank you for listening to the Faith Connection Show with Dr. David Miller, making a connection for you and equipping people to connect with their purpose. Don't forget to log on to the ConnectCenterNC.com. That's ConnectCenterNC.com. If you'd like to reach Dr. David Miller, email theconnectcenter3 at gmail.com. That's theconnectcenter3 at gmail.com. And remember, never lose the connection to your purpose. It's time for the Faith Connection Show with your host, Dr. David Miller, equipping people to connect with their purpose. In the next half hour, you will be inspired with words of encouragement. And you'll be motivated by experts in the respective field who have been where you're trying to go on the Faith Connection Show. But first, here's an inspirational word. 
This is Buana Miller Cannon with your word of the day. It's the holiday season again. For many, it's an opportunity to gather with family and friends. Kids are on break from school enjoying ageless family traditions. Presents are under the tree and everything is decorated in lights. Happy holidays and Merry Christmas resound as loud as the rolling sea. For others, however, finances and the physical demands of this season are common triggers that bring about depression, loneliness, and stress. Economic constraints and grief of loved ones no longer with us make the holidays somewhat miserable. Unfortunately, this is what the holidays are usually defined as, and we tend to overlook the true meaning of the season. Jesus is the reason for the season.
Thank you for listening to the Faith Connection Show. And here's Dr. Miller with his special guest. This is the Faith Connection Show, and we have with us today Mark Blackwell. Mark is the founder and executive director of Justice Ministries. And Mark, we're just glad to have you on the show today. Thank you, Dr. Miller. It's a pleasure to be here at the Faith Connection Show. Well, you know, we've got a lot of exciting things to cover here with you. Uh, We realize that your ministry is a unique ministry. Tell us a little bit about your program. Justice Ministries, we're a a small nonprofit organization uh, based out of Charlotte, serving the Carolinas. We focus on serving sex trafficking survivors, and we do that through outreach, offering emergency services, and transitional care. Now, why did you start this ministry? What gave birth to this? Sure. Uh, In 2010, it was my last semester at college, and I went to a conference uh, in Atlanta, Georgia called the Passion Conference. Okay. uh, It's a Christian conference, and and they covered a lot of issues there, but one of them was human trafficking worldwide. Mm -hmm. And I learned about what was going on globally, and God just broke my heart for the issue. And I felt he he just called me to serve this population of people. Um, I didn't know that was going to turn into starting an organization, but after doing our research and finding the needs out there and the lack of activity, uh, mm-hmm. we felt starting a nonprofit was a good way to structure our efforts to try to offer resources to those in need. Now, how many people have you served so far in your program? So in nine years, uh, we've served about 350 individuals. Okay. Um, yes, now, sir. primarily, where did these victims come from? How did they get to your doorstep? Again, most of our clients are sex trafficking survivors or sexual exploitation survivors is is most of what we see. We offer a, a local hotline, mm-hmm. and um, so many of them, believe it or not, are passing through or are local to Charlotte at the time. Uh, we have a hotline where we get calls from victims directly. We also from law enforcement, both local and federal. Okay. And there's a national hotline uh, for human trafficking based out of Washington, D.C., called the Polaris Project. And when they get a call nationally, they will then regionally determine where's the best agency to send them to, and when we get those referrals as well. Oh, okay. Now, you have something called three R's. Explain that to us. Sure. It's, it's essentially our process, you know, mm-hmm. um, in serving this population of sex trafficking victims and exploitation victims. It's it's a group you have to reach out to. They're, they're in very difficult uh, situations. So our three R's are we reach out, relocate, and rise up. Uh, the reach out portion is our outreach to at-risk populations where we help distribute our hotline information and let individuals know we're out there or to pass our information along. Uh, The relocation piece is when a victim calls or law enforcement calls and and requires assistance, then we'll send out a team to literally pick them up and remove them from the scenario and provide that emergency housing and resources. And then the rise up component is after they've gotten out and they're safe, we help them figure out, okay, now what? And how do we help you get back to independence or start independence for the first time and get on your feet? Okay, you mentioned the word team. How many people work with your organization? We're a pretty small organization. I, I say we're more like a volunteer firefighter department than like a, a regular <laughs> organization. Uh, we probably have about nine on the core team. Okay. Uh, of that, only three of us are, are paid staff at, at this mm-hmm. point. We, we hope to expand, but, you know, when you're a small organization, you, you play the field you're on. Mm-hmm. Um, so just out of that team, we have victim advocates and caseworkers and mail operators and drivers that, that assist with the logistics. And just basically, we, we're kind of all on call all the time. And, you know, Lord willing, we'd like to raise more money so we can expand our staff and our reach. But right. in the meantime, we're, we're working with what we got and trying to answer every call we can. 
Well, now tell me a little bit about your reach. Are, are you just in North Carolina, and is it in just the Mecklenburg County area, or what? Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So our, our mission was always to serve the Carolinas. But with that, you know, for most of our, our history, we've served the 50-mile radius of Charlotte just because we stayed so busy in the, that area, mm-hmm. understandably so. Um, in recent years, we've been able to expand more, and we're, we're responding to calls across North and South Carolina, so maybe down towards you know, Clemson all the way to, to Raleigh. It just depends on, on where oh, the need okay. is. Right. Um, but obviously the majority of our work takes place in the Charlotte area, and we're members of the Metropolitan uh, uh, Task Force here in Charlotte as well. Let's talk a little bit about age. Sure. What age groups are you primarily serving? We, we kind of see a range from about 15 years old to 45, which is a pretty big big 45? gap. Yeah, you'd find that to be surprising, but we've, yeah. we've seen uh, that as well. But, you know, the typical case is... Mm-hmm is either a white girl or a black girl that was trafficked locally or mm-hmm. trafficked in the East Coast. And we got it when she was passing through Charlotte, generally ranging, you know, in the low 20s is okay. what we're seeing a lot of. But we do see minors and we do see, you know, more mature individuals as well. And, and the really sad part is in the U.S., the entry level into forced prostitution for young mm-hmm. ladies about 13 years old. That's where really? it normally starts, that yeah. young. And so it's no surprise to see 15 and 16 year olds caught up in this. Are these kidnapped kids or some of these uh, kids they pick up off the street? What, you know, what? How all, they... all the above. You know, the, the most common is just, um, you know, a, a child that's in a vulnerable situation. You know, maybe the uh, home life isn't great and they're left to themselves a lot. Sometimes we, we have come across that where a child actually was held at gunpoint and forced into a van. That's not the typical case that we see. M- most of the time, it is more of a methodical, strategic move that the trafficker targets an individual and strategically tries to isolate them and manipulate them into this, this lifestyle. And it can be done through social media, meeting them at the mall, you know, either using a classmate. Uh, to recruit them at very various ways in which they're approached. Um, yep. And so you do have runaways that fall into this category, but do Absolutely. you actually have kids that are just your average child that they may pick up somewhere sure. and lure them? Is it through drugs or what? How, how does that work? Most of the time, if it's more of a you know traditional household, uh, sometimes social media c- can be at play or, or yeah, meeting them online. Social media is tough. Absolutely. I mean, it's, yeah. a, it's a big uh, new territory that is harder to monitor and regulate, yeah. um, but, but it's, it's a real concern. And it's going to have to, somewhere along the line, find a way, uh, the government's going to have to find a way to regulate social media. Sure. Uh, I mean, I know they're trying, but sometimes when something gets so large, mm-hmm. it's very difficult to sort of reel it in. That's right. Uh, give me some statistics about this. I mean, yeah, um, so North Carolina is top 10 in the okay. country uh, for this, and with that, Charlotte is, is number one uh, in the country. Uh, from the State Department, years ago, they estimated that somewhere between 100,000 to 300,000 U.S. children are at risk for being trafficked every year. Uh, so that, oh. that seems like a staggering figure. Yeah, you know? it is a staggering uh, um, figure. But, but we know if we're dealing with those kind of figures, it's happening really all over the country, and that obviously Charlotte being a, a prevalent location, we, we know we're dealing in the hundreds and thousands type figures. Uh, and again, even us as a small grassroots organization, the numbers we've seen, I feel that we're just scratching the surface. Yeah, because, um, and you mentioned the, the disparity in age. That's that, that's mm. just almost believable. Mature people, I mean, you would think a mature female would not be 
easily persuaded by that, uh, by sure. these people, but h how is that possible? You know, traffickers are probably could have had a psychology degree, <laughs> you know, some of them. I mean, they it is a professional manipulator, and they will adapt their methods per victim if they need to. You know, mm -hmm. you're going you're gonna to try to recruit a child very differently than a 20-something, very differently than a someone in their mid-30s, and there's different vulnerability pressure points that they can apply on. For example, you know, you may have a young teen that think it's an older man showing interest, and they connect over social media. For a young lady in her 20s, maybe it was a fake job interview. Mm -hmm. For a young lady in her 30s, she's trying to feed her kids. Oh, you know, okay. and, and so there, it doesn't all look the same uh, in which how they'll try to manipulate them. Okay, and once they get them in, then they uh, move them from location to location? Is that kind of how that works? Not always, but, but a lot of the time that we see that they're moving them from different territories, um, mm -hmm. you know, for big events and, and activities, harder to catch that way. Right. Um, but sometimes someone's being trafficked in the same area and there's no movement involved. It just depends on the case. We're going to take a quick break here and we'll be right back. The world premiere of the brand new single, I Can Love You Through Anything, by musician, singer, songwriter, and producer, Ken Hardio. I can love you through anything. Featuring Charlotte, North Carolina's very own musician, singer, songwriter, music educator, and producer, Quentin Bethay. This song has a message of hope and healing for people of all ages across the globe. Get your copy now. Available on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Google Play. Praise listeners, this is Brian Moore, one of your hosts of the Be More Faithful radio show. And I'm Sarah Moore. Please come join us every Sunday on Praise 100.9 at 10 p.m. The Be More Faithful radio show is a half hour of inspiration, information, and entertainment. The Be More Faithful radio show is brought to you by our company, Be More Faithful Marketing. If you want to know more about Be More Faithful Marketing, go to www.bmfradioshow.com. The be More Faithful Radio Show's content covers a topic of discussion, the song of inspiration, a sermonette, and our artist showcase, which you can listen to on a podcast on our website on bmfradioshow.com. Praise listeners, put us on your schedule and join us every Sunday night at 10 p.m. for the Be More Faithful Radio Show. And also, if you're interested in the services of Be More Faithful Marketing, give us a call at 704-497-4678 or email us at info at bmfradio.com. Show.com. Thank you for listening to the Faith Connection Show. And here's Dr. Miller with his special guest. Mark, if someone wanted to get involved with your organization, how would they do that? Sure. You know, we're not a traditional nonprofit where, you know, we can say, hey, we're going to come paint a wall at three o'clock on Saturday. It's, okay. It doesn't look like that. It's more responsive. So we, we are pretty selective on, on who we allow to do any direct care. Um, but there are opportunities for that. As, as I mentioned, most of our team are essentially unpaid staff. Mm -hmm. So people that do want to be involved, they need to be interested in more of a long-term commitment, mm -hmm. being willing to go through a longer orientation process and vetting process. However, we do have more basic opportunities like helping us with events mm -hmm. and awareness campaigns and things like that, even, even administrative work. People that just want to do something to help, we can try to find places and activities for them. But we are a little more selective in the way we approach it just because it is so particular in the work that we do. Okay, say for instance, you mentioned something about who trains the staff. You know, it's funny. Um, we obviously do our best to train the team, and then we even train others in the community, mm -hmm. which is funny. Sometimes 
you know, I'm, I'm just, just a guy, you know, that showed up. And sometimes when you're the, the first on the field, then they say, oh, you know, you teach the class. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm trying to figure it out too. But, um, <laughs> and so I, I personally look for any training that I can receive myself uh, mm-hmm. from out of state or, or if the state's offering larger things through the commission. I'm always eager to learn and, and figure that out. And then when that responsibility is on us, you know, we try to make sure we're up to date and sharp to train our team members and interested parties. But that is a evolving and, and constantly adapting uh, activity, trying to keep us up to date. Okay. Now, say, for instance, the faith-based community, churches, because you mentioned that you were at a Christian conference mm-hmm. when you first gave birth to this idea. Sure. What, what's happening in the faith-based community, churches in particular, to help with this crisis? You know, I, I tell people all the time, you know, I believe only Jesus can rescue, only Jesus can redeem. You know, mm-hmm. I'm even careful about how I use the language. That's why I use the word relocate. Mm-hmm. I, I can't rescue anybody. I, I can offer services and I can offer resources, but, but only the Lord can truly rescue somebody. And uh, with that, you know, I, I think in any injustice, uh, f- for all the great abolitionist movements, the church was involved. Right. And, and the church is involved with this fight today. I mean, most of the organizations that you see out there that are having good impact are based out of a church uh, or, or it's it's believers that are running an organization i know for for myself i see justice ministries as simply an arm of the church right. I'm, I'm not here to grow right. a brand or anything like that you know my ultimate goal is to put ourselves out of business you know <laughs> okay. so it is critical that the church be involved with this work and pushing back against mm-hmm. this injustice that is so prevalent in our community well, you know, you mentioned now, do you all provide housing for these uh, people that you we do. rescue? We do. We have various forms. So there's, you know, emergency housing is that short term, you know, three days to, to three months. Um, program housing is kind of 12 months to two years. And we work with a lot of agencies that provide that specifically. Mm-hmm. And then we also assist with transitional housing. And that's a young lady that's maybe finished a program or is ready to go out on her own. We help her identify an apartment or a room for rent. And we try to, if need be, help subsidize those costs until she can gain employment and kind of wean her off until she can fund it herself. All of us, when we started out, most of us at least, maybe not all of us, but most of us had some assistance when we entered into independence. Right. And we're trying to offer that as well to these individuals that have been robbed of so much time. Now, for instance, once you rescue a young lady, and I say a young lady, I I didn't ask you what the gender uh, ratio was, but uh, let's say they're rescued. Do you have problems with the traffickers trying to get back to them or them wanting to go back to the traffickers? Occasionally. uh, Rarely is it the traffickers trying to track them down. I mean, these people are criminals. They know they're criminals and they Mm -hmm. operate, you know, they don't want to expose expose themselves. Mm -hmm. But we do have an issue sometimes a lot of what we see is what we call the, the Romeo pimp, you know, the, mm-hmm. the trafficker that he manipulated the individual by making her think it was a relationship. And there is those emotions and that attachment. And once you get away from the abuse for about two months, sometimes you have, you know, feelings. And, you know, they, they talk about Stockholm syndrome and, you know, mm-hmm. having an attachment to your abuser. So it's, it's a real issue. And, and mm-hmm. we have seen that where a young lady has fallen back into it. But we've also seen that happen. And they call back six months later and we're able to help them again. No, okay. Uh, yeah. So you do go back to them again if they drift back into that sure. lifestyle. Yeah, we, we, you know, okay. the Lord has grace with us, and we, and we try to continue that on. And it may look different round two and three, but, you know, our main thing is if someone seriously wants help and seriously wants out, mm-hmm. and we have resources to assist, we, you know, that's what we're here for. 
Mark, you have a great program, and, and certainly the program itself is a kind of program that's needed throughout our country because we have so many kids being lured by social media. Sure. So why don't you tell us, uh, Mark, or tell our listening audience how uh, they can get in touch with you and and your organization, uh, that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. The best way to do it is probably our website, just justiceministries.org. Uh, they can also check us out on Facebook or Instagram, and uh, we even have a smartphone app. So every, you know, most oh, okay. everybody's got a smartphone, and you can just look us up in your app store, Justice Ministries, and our logo, the American Buffalo, is there. Oh, okay. All right. Well, it's been great having you on the show. Absolutely. And really appreciate you dropping in today because I think what you brought to uh, the Faith Connection show is a special twist because we, we usually have a lot of different organizations on the show, but yours is one that uh, seems to help humanity find its direction, and I really appreciate you coming on and talking to us about Justice Ministries. Right on. Well, thank All you, right. Dr. Miller. It's been a, a privilege and a pleasure, and uh, thank you for having me. Hey, yo, one, two, three, get up, we got victory. No weapon they throw at me. You know it won't prosper now. Yeah. Just got laid off. I'm doing good. House ain't even paid off. I'm doing good. Should be afraid, but I'm feeling good. All the time you say. God is good. We Come on. Down, down, down. Don't forget who's in control. Walls are falling down, down, down. They call it down. Get ready for the new Jericho. You're waiting on waiting on you. So what you gonna do? Hey, yo, one, two, three. Get up, we got victory. No weapon may throw at me. It won't. You know it won't prosper now. Ron, this is crazy. Hey, yo, one, two, three. Get up, we got victory. No weapon may throw at me. You know it won't prosper now. Storm's raging. I'm doing good.
the reason why you're doing good, good. is because what's ahead of you is I'm greater than good. all the things that were behind you. See, you gotta I'm understand, you gotta understand that everything was already ordained before you got here for you to do good. See, your eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it in the trust of man. God's masterful plan for his children. And that's who you are, baby girl. You God's child. My brother, that's who you are. You gotta understand that all things are working together. That's the Lord, man. Thank you for listening to the Faith Connection Show with your host, Dr. David Miller, equipping people to connect with their purpose. Here's an inspirational word from Dr. David Miller. There's some things in life that come at us so fast until we don't have time to set ourselves for them. Disappointments is one of those things, but I've learned to live by a code that Bridget Nicole once spoke. She said, when someone fails you, find understanding. When someone leaves you, find independence. And when someone hurts you, find forgiveness. And when someone cares for you, count it a blessing. You know, those are the words that we need to follow. Thanks for joining me. This is Dr. David Miller with the Faith Connection Radio Show. Join us every week on the local station 100.9 Praise, as well as the Internet and other outlets. Thank you for listening to the Faith Connection Show with Dr. David Miller, making a connection for you and equipping people to connect with their purpose. Don't forget to log on to the ConnectCenterNC.com. That's ConnectCenterNC.com. If you'd like to reach Dr. David Miller, email TheConnectCenter3 at gmail.com. That's TheConnectCenter3 at gmail.com. And remember, never lose the connection to your purpose.